Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm Eleanor. And this is the Bennett Edit. We're reading, watching, and discussing every adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, <laughs> this is... I mean, you will have noticed from the title, this is not a normal episode. It's just a... It's kind of a bonus episode. Um, I don't feel like there's been any Jane Austen news recently. I feel like there was a lot last year, maybe because there were a lot of anniversaries. Yeah. Of Jane Austen type things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And there's still, obviously, there are anniversaries every year, but yeah. I don't feel like there's been any particularly hyped ones. Um, we did a poll on our Twitter the other day about um, different retellings of Pride and Prejudice, like what types of stories people are most interested in hearing, and the winner was a superhero version. Um, I have looked for one. I did not find one, but I really want to see that as well, yeah. personally. That's like my ideal, I mean, I love superhero movies. That's I'm very up for it. My ideal adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Um, second... I am literally thinking out the possibilities of that right now. I know. It literally... Should I write this? I think you should probably write this. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, tied second in the poll was a mermaid version, a gender swap version, and then dead last by far was an everyone has babies version. I'm sorry, but I thought that would be really funny I'm and fun. I'm baffled that anyone voted for that, No to one. Be okay, but I thought that sounded like it would be fun, like a boss baby kind of film, but about, but like Pride and Prejudice. Okay. <laughs> or like Despicable Me, but Pride and Prejudice. I don't know. I just feel like it would be, I just want to watch like a fun like a kid's version I feel like it would be really funny like you'd have to scale down the drama mm-hmm. in a way that like you know you'd have to find a replacement for the situations that happen like um, Lydia and Wickham eloping but like a baby version like what is the baby version I just think it would be fun <laughs> running away from playgroup or something yeah like playing in the sand pit alone or something and everyone's mm. like I can't believe <laughs> you've done this mm, I really appreciated on that tweet that um, Hamish commented dinosaurs see I actually missed that but I think that a dinosaur adaptation would be incredible how? um I'm thinking like Jurassic Park so not like the characters are dinosaurs okay but dinosaurs are involved but like all the characters like work in a dinosaur park okay yeah and so maybe then like the drama is that Darcy is like all about the business and doesn't like respect the dinosaurs, whereas Lizzie is like one with nature and like loves the dinosaurs. I feel like that would work. Okay. So I mean, anyway. I have zero investment in Jurassic Park anything, so. I'm not like a massive Jurassic Park fan. I just feel like it would be interesting to see Lizzie and Darcy being chased by dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I feel like that would be cool. So, I mean, yeah, so superheroes one. Um I mean, I think that the new Marvel, the new Avengers film Infinity War, they could have probably just like snuck Lizzie and Darcy in there and no one would have noticed because there's so many characters. <laughs> I feel like What that would they work. do in it though? Um maybe just like I don't know, maybe Darcy would just like pay off the villain Thanos to just leave what and that's it that's the end and then that's the end and then he and Lizzie Captain like, America doesn't get die get married again Darcy solves everything no one dies they get married again yeah they get what, married what again because it has first to be a happy ending okay. they like renew their vows <laughs> um and Captain America officiates the wedding okay yeah could he do that um I think he can do anything okay if he puts his mind to it yeah <laughs> I think he lives outside of the law oh, you're not wrong 
You're not wrong. Um, um, how could you fit the characters of Pride and Prejudice into Love, Simon? <laughs> oh, God. Our favourite new film. Yeah. Sophie was just trying to think of a way to bring that up. And to be fair, so was I. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. Okay, because but... it is a film where both of the characters like each other and they don't know who each other are. Yeah. I, I guess it's more of a you've got mail kind of story. Yeah. Um... I love that. But there could have been some, mail. like, background Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I feel like... I'm trying to think how you can force them into the... If Leah was gay, as she clearly is... Um, spoilers, sorry, for Love, Simon. Probably, probably That's not. That's not a spoiler will... because she's not clearly she, gay at all. Don't worry, gay. that doesn't give you any kind of context for the film. I That's mean... just... Um, Eleanor likes to imagine that people are gay when they aren't, which I guess... She is a queer woman. Um, okay. Uh, She'll come to realise it later. Okay. I think that Simon is very pure, and I think he doesn't remind me of anyone in Pride and Prejudice because they're all, like, very flawed, obviously, which is the point. And he's just too pure. Yeah. And he has no flaws, regardless of what the film tries to make you think at some (laughs) points in the film. He has zero flaws. Okay. That's not a spoiler, I'm just saying he's flawless. Um, okay, so I shoehorned Love, Simon, and there was no reason for us to Yeah, no, that. we just wanted to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, it just came out in the UK, and it was really fucking good. It was really good. It's, like, a nice, like, teen film, like, in that, you know, it's not sad. You're not going to see a sad film. But you will cry. I mean, you may cry, but no, it, you will it probably cry. won't be out of sadness. It might be. Who knows? But... It's a, you know, in the yeah. end, like, you leave and it's, like, a positive, like, left I felt so feeling. full of love afterwards. It was very good. Just and like, full up. I reckon, brim. like, the whole rest of the cinema was, like, gay people. Like, the the seven other people that were there were all gay. <laughs> yeah, there were not many people there. Yeah. We do not live in a very gay populated area. No. But that's or fine. a very populated area, full stop, to be fair. <laughs> So anyway, we were just talking about stories, which is actually relevant to the theme for once. Um, Impressive. It is impressive. Today's episode is because it's the 10th of April today, which, I mean, if you're listening to this when the episode is released, which is uh, Encourage a Young Writer Day, which I had never heard of before. No either. But I thought it was a nice thing for us to talk about because... We talk a lot about how Jane Austen has, like, influenced culture and, like, influenced us and our upbringings and all sorts of things, but I don't know if we've necessarily talked much about how she influences people as writers or how, like, her reading her books might, like, lead to people having an interest in writing. I feel like we've not talked about that kind of active side of it. Yeah. So I think it's a good opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think that she has probably influenced so many people to write because her stories they're just so well written like that is the craft of her novels is what's probably most impressive about them definitely and part of the reason why i think we still read them today is because yeah they're so they're just really good and i think if you are inspired by jane austen to write that's yeah i'm not surprised that they're really good and there's also 
so much in them that you can retell them in so many different ways which obviously is the purpose of this whole podcast is like looking at retellings um so the first thing that i wanted to do um because one of the things as a writer that you do have to do is read books um to inspire yourself and to like hone your craft one of the first things i thought we would do is recommend some other adaptations of pride and prejudice not ones that we're gonna talk about on the podcast because i mean trust us there are literally thousands and thousands out there we couldn't cover all of them if we tried um but these were just some interesting ones that i came across that i thought um people might be interested in and maybe will inspire you to think about different angles on a story so The first one was The Muse by Jessica Evans. Um, It's a retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in modern day, I believe, and Lizzie is a ballet dancer in it and Darcy is a choreographer and she gets cast in one of his shows. Um, And it's set in America. I think that it sounds very interesting. Mm. Um, I do think it's interesting that a lot of adaptations, especially like particularly modern ones, are set in America. I guess yeah. it's write what you know because a lot of them are American mm-hmm. writers. Mm-hmm. But um, that's something to keep in mind. The next one was Unequal Affection by Lara S. Ormiston. And I liked the sound of this one because the plot is basically that Lizzie accepts Darcy's first proposal. So, obviously, the one that famously she rejects when he is kind of talking down to her, it's all very unpleasant. She accepts it because of um, the fact that she's aware that of her family situation. And mm-hmm. so it comes at the story from a different perspective by, like, actually changing a part of the original plot rather than setting it in a totally different kind of setup, which I think is interesting. I can't really imagine. No, I can't imagine how that story would go because I feel like it would go against... Lizzie's personality and like how stubborn she is I guess what I struggle to imagine is that obviously part of what makes her fall in love with him is thinking that possibly the opportunity has slipped away like it's a little bit of like she wants what she can't have yeah exactly I can't imagine if she's like somewhat forced into a relationship with him by her circumstances whether she ever would love him or like yeah and my question is if she's if she is in a desperate enough situation to accept that proposal, why hasn't she accepted the proposal from Mr. Collins? Because surely that would solve the situation as well. I guess because Darcy has more money, or I don't know if Collins even proposes in this version, okay, maybe he doesn't. Fair. But, I mean, yeah, so I would definitely recommend that one. Like, it sounds like a very interesting plot. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see how it plays out. Uh, The third one is The Forgotten Sister by Jennifer Painter. This is Pride and Prejudice from Mary's perspective, basically. Um, That's, I mean, that's something that a lot of adaptations will do is, like, take a look at the story from someone else's perspective because you can get a different kind of um, idea about how, like, what their behaviour looks like to other people. Isn't there an adaptation from the point of view of Darcy's dog? Yeah, I'm going to bring that one up. non-existent dog. Yeah, his dog, Julius Caesar, um, is the protagonist... And, like, first-person narrator of a version of Pride and Prejudice. I've never read that story, but it does give me a massive kick that it exists. And I like to think that the author also thought it was funny and enjoys the fact that people are amused by it. I feel like we should read it. I feel like we shouldn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The next one is The Phantom of Pemberley. This is one of quite a lot of murder mystery or, like, kind of fantasy, ghosty, gothic versions of Pride and Prejudice. It's by 
um, Regina Jeffers. I liked the sound of this one in particular because it was set one year after Lizzie and Darcy get married. Um, so they're like living together. They have these people coming over for a party and there's this kind of like carriage crash or something, like something goes wrong and then their house is like haunted and they start seeing this like shadow man. I thought it sounded really scary, but also really good. Um, so if that's the kind of story you're into, there's definitely a lot of Pride and Prejudice-y versions of those kind of stories. Which I kind of like, because I think I would also be scared to read a story like that, but I might find it slightly comforting that it's characters that I know. Yeah. And then the last one is called Folly's Past, and it's by Melanie Kerr. This is a prequel to Pride and Prejudice, all about um, what happens with Georgiana and Wickham, and like the whole scandal with the, the rich group within the story. The reason I recommended this one, because again, there are a lot of prequels and sequels to the story that have been written, is because Melanie Kerr is like a linguistics professor and she like studied Austen's works like intently and tried to recreate as much as possible her writing to make this like an authentic prequel. So it was like a really meticulous process to make it as genuine as possible. So I would actually like to read this one. Yeah, I that think sounds good. It sounds like it'd be really interesting. I think there's always like it's always interesting to gain a better understanding of what the story might have looked like beforehand and how that might mm. shape the current story. So anyway, those are my recommendations of some adaptations you might want to read to give you inspiration. Very interesting. The second bit is writing advice. Um, as some of you may know, as Sophie likes to mention it, mm -hmm. I do write. <laughs> um, so I just sort of came up with some writing advice that I feel I don't know, I would have appreciated or some or even things that people have told me. The first one is probably the one you hear the most. Write. Like, if you're not writing anything, you're not going to be able to create anything. So it's so it's simple, but you don't have to write down anything big. You can literally write down, two girls fall in love at a Harry Styles concert. Sorry, we're seeing Harry Styles on Thursday, so... <laughs> I feel like... No, I feel like that is a really good tip. Like, you do... Like you say, people say it a lot, but I always get intimidated by, like, the blank page. Yeah. And so I'll just start writing something from, like, the middle of um, an article or the yeah. end of an article and then come back to... What I like to do as well is just, like, literally write something on, like, a sticky note and, like, carry around with me and then I'll, like, look at it and be like, oh, yeah, and then I'll be able to write something from that. Because even though, like, if you've got... Looking at a blank page on a computer, I agree, is so scary. Yeah. But if you've got a few, like, little notes, then you type those up first, and then you haven't got a blank page anymore. Yeah. I used to... Whenever I was getting a train from Norwich to London, when we were in university, I used to write, like, on the back of, like, rail cards and, like, literally any scrap piece of paper I could find, because I would never have paper with me, but I'd always be like, I want to write something. So I'd just be writing on, like, little scraps and have, like, a little collection in my bag that I would then type up later. Um, and, yeah, that was so helpful to me. Just, like, an idea pops into your head, write it down. If yeah. you're not writing it down, nothing else is going to grow from it. Yeah. And you'll probably forget. I feel like I've forgotten so many things that I wanted to write about. I've definitely I had ideas for things I wanted to write, like, as I was going to sleep, and I'm like, I'll remember that in the morning. Yeah. You're not going to remember <laughs> it in the morning. You should write it down. And I guess, yeah, just don't expect that the writing process is going to be, like, you're going to smash out, like, a, like a thousand great words in one sitting. It might be, a lot, like Eleanor said, a lot more, like, stop and start, or, like, bits and pieces here and yeah. there. Yeah. And just... I know a lot of people suggest, like, NaNoWriMo, which is national 
novel writing novel writing month. month yeah where you try to write how many words is it uh 100,000 words in a month 10, I think so, so yeah, I think it's 100,000 like yeah. yeah um and I find that so intimidating like there's like a bar of like if you've reached your target and I'm like that's so intimidating I just need to go at my own pace and things come up when they come up but if that works for you that's great because you're literally just writing things down and that's like no editing which is another piece of advice that I should take <laughs> um like just get the whole story out yes yeah. yeah a big one yeah I think I guess NaNoWriMo works for some people because there's like a community of people writing at one time so you feel yeah. like we're all kind of pushing through it together that kind of thing where you like have to write a certain amount in a certain time doesn't always work like as you say mm-hmm. sometimes it's better to just um kind of let yourself have fun with it and not feel like you have to be productive about yeah, it yeah yeah but I mean my next piece of advice is if you do want to feel productive about it but you're like stuck creatively make a plan like I have so many spreadsheets that of like planning out a novel and planning out like where where exactly different characters are at different points in time in the novel so that when I am writing creatively, it's something I can look back at and be like, ah, this is what's happening right now. This is where they're supposed to be. It's not set in stone. You can like change it, but it, it helps you sort of have like something to follow in your mind. And even if like you write, have, write like little tidbits that you're like, I don't know where in the novel this fits in. You can see like what your plan is and where it might be able to fit in. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, any of my writing advice is not about creative writing because I do like, um, I like article writing not creative but I do definitely like plan it out and like have loads of notes and research mm-hmm. on it and then often there'll be bits that I can directly lift out of that and put into yeah. the article because like while you're thinking about it and planning you'll come up with like good yeah, kind of exactly. like one liners or whatever that you can chuck in yeah yeah um my next piece of advice is really silly um but it's something I like to do Um, is doing like personality quizzes but as my characters and like figuring out like their favorite colors like their holiday destination what type of sandwich would they be but we obviously like 90% of that isn't gonna end up in your novel but the more you know your character the more real they're gonna seem and also it's just a bit of fun like if you can't have fun with what you're writing why are you doing it my next one is about so I always find when I'm writing that like I'll get another idea and my brain would be like ooh this is a new shiny idea (laughs) and I figured out that the only way I can stop that from taking over a current project is to close what I was close what I'm currently working on open up a new file write it down save that and then close it and put it away and try to get back onto something else and if I can't stop thinking about the other thing I just go to that because if you try and force yourself to write something it's just it's not gonna happen especially if you're thinking really hard about another idea yeah i agree and also like there are plenty of writers who write things like concurrently they'll be doing different projects at the same time they'll take like years and years to put one out exactly exactly but also you should persevere like you can pick something up months after you've put it after you've stopped working on it or even years i've totally done that um you don't have to be constantly working on something but it's good to look back at things and try and push through because writer's block is something that happens to all of us but yeah perseverance 
And my last tip is like, just practice writing like funny little bits, like write a drabble from your own story, but in a part that's like not gonna be in the novel from like their history or the future. Write from a different perspective, change like your point of view, switch to third person or second person and like find what works. Cause sometimes the reason you get stuck is because it doesn't work for the story. So figure out what's right for it. Cool. That's, yep, that's all my advice. I think that's all very good advice. I particularly like the tip about personality quizzes because one, <laughs> I spend like three hours of every single day of my life doing personality quizzes. Um, and two, yeah, I do think it's really good to, um, like if you're doing creative writing to make sure that you're not just making characters do what you would do yeah. and like actually thinking like, what would this person do? Because I've definitely read stories before where a character has done something that seems totally incongruous with their personality and I'm like, okay, clearly the writer wanted them to do this, but you can't force a character into a scenario that doesn't match the personality you've set up for them. Exactly. So I and like, like that. Yeah. And readers can tell when it's like not genuine. Yeah. Like when they haven't come to that conclusion themselves, when the writer's being like, you need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Our last section of this episode is prompts yeah um so we've come up with a couple of pride and prejudice adaptation prompts well i've come up with one sophie's have told me this yeah um and some general ones as well should we do general first or which um, do you want to do first yeah, let's do general first. Okay, cool. The general ones come from the Penguin Writers Academy, which is like, they've collected a whole bunch of prompts from people who've tweeted them in and stuff, and they're even in like different uh, genres. You can scroll down. There's like fantasy, rom-com, like all sorts of different kind of um, genres, which there are prompts for. And they're really cool ones. Like there's really interesting ones in there. I was like, I want to read that story while scrolling <laughs> through them. So we'll read out some random ones and then you can find them online literally by googling writing prompts, which is what I did earlier. Do you want to read one out? Yeah, I like this one. In a world where magic is gained through one's interactions with others, how does your antagonist acquire power? That's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'm going to like the fantasy ones the most. Yeah, me I too. I like I read a lot of fantasy. You are cursed every Wednesday to endure a tragedy, but on Thursday no one remembers. Convince a friend to help. That kind of thing freaks me out. Yeah, that terrifies Stories me. Stories where um, only you know something's happening or something is happening repeatedly, I'm like, no, yeah. I can't be dealing with that. But it is a very interesting idea. You're given a skill at birth, but all the good ones are gone. Now you've got to save people with card shuffling. <laughs> that sounds like something from Tumblr. That sounds like an episode of Misfits. <laughs> I never watched Misfits, but yeah. Uh, there was an episode where one of the... It was actually a really scary episode where one person had the power to manipulate dairy products, but um, they ended up, like, choking a bunch of people to death by, like, pulling dairy out of their stomachs and, like, making them choke on it. It was really scary and horrible, but that's, like, a really good one. Obviously, you can make something out of, like, really absurd yeah. things. Horror um, writing prompts. Oh, this is scary. His camera could steal people's souls. On his walls, the portraits wailed and begged for freedom. That that's, sounds like a Doctor Who episode! It does, but also that's, like, an actual belief that some, like, Australian Aboriginal, like, cultures really? have is that photographs, like... I mean, this is obviously a very, like, rudimentary way of describing it, but there's, like, a thing about not having a photograph taken because they feel that 
there being an image of you that's not yourself is like taking a part of who you are oh that's interesting very scary Hmm. the horror ones are really freaking me out (laughs) yeah I really hate this one like clockwork the scrabbling in the attic stopped and the screaming started that just makes me think of American Horror Story where that woman was like torturing um, slaves in her attic I have another piece of writing advice Oh, okay, cool. Let's jump back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I love to jump back to things. Um, when you come up with an idea, it's probably not an ori- not a, like completely original idea, but go with it anyway, because no one has written that idea as you, that person with your life experiences and your perspectives. So even if you think, oh, this has already been done before, it hasn't been done by you before. So you will always find something new to contribute to, like, a genre or idea. Like, people always say there's, like, five different plots in the world. And that's fine, because everyone brings something new to it. I agree with that. I think that, like, the very premise of our podcast speaks to the fact that, like, you can retell the exact same story, and if you have a different perspective or a different take on it, like, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be different, it's going to get, like, different people interested in it. Yeah. And especially if you're from some sort of minority as well, like, your voices should be heard. And, yeah, tell the stories that you want to tell. Tell the stories you want to read. Yeah, I feel like often, like, especially women writers or anyone who's, like, marginalised in any way, you feel like your story is, like, not interesting or, like, people won't be able to relate to it Mm -hmm. or, like, there's a lot of those ideas kind of floating around generally if you're not, like, a straight white man. Um... And I think that is not true. And I think that often um, people will be able to learn a lot from your story if they can't relate to it. And that's also exactly. a very important thing. Uh, um, I scrolled down to romance prompts now <laughs> because I was getting scared by all the scary ones. Yeah, I like this one. Write a story from the point of view of a hundred-year-old mirror. Ooh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I like it. Thinking about what mirrors see. Uh scrolling down (laughs) we'd matched on tinder and now he was here he was handsome i was happy then i saw the slogan on his t-shirt i feel like that's a real life my first thought was like trump 2020 or something i was like oh god yeah make america gray again two gay puffins want to adopt an egg will the rspb help them in their quest for responsible paradise (laughs) that's a great story I really hate this one. I love you, she said, but it came out like a scream. Mucus glistened from her nose and mouth. You're crazy. Oh, that's really What's terrifying. going on? I feel like that's <laughs> something that I would do. No, it's, it's obviously that she's like crying. She's like, I love you. Um, oh my gosh. A man is arrested for a murder he didn't commit. His girlfriend becomes a lawyer to clear his name. I love that idea. That's some, like, Elwood shit. I, I was just thinking that. I love the idea of her, like, becoming a lawyer. That's incredible. Some of these are so emo. But also there's, like... I mean, there's so many different ways you can tell love stories. Yeah. Definitely. 
Ooh, I like that one. Think of the person you hate most. Why did their partner fall in love with them? Mm. I think that's really interesting because that's also, that's like a technique that they tell you in therapy sometimes is like you have, you should think about things from other people's perspectives. You can't always assume that you like know what's going on in people's minds. So you have to like think more logically about what other people are thinking, not just what you want them to be thinking or yeah. think they're thinking. It's like you were saying earlier about like there has to be logical reason for like antagonists to do something. You can't just be like, well, they're evil. You have to think from their perspective why they would do something. I haven't actually said that yet what do you mean i haven't said that on the podcast yet i said that before oh shit that's spoiler fine spoiler alert she'll say that later <laughs> anyway it's good to think from other people's yeah. perspectives yeah. especially one that you wouldn't typically be able to relate to exactly oh i don't like that one your character falls for the person who scares them the most yeah i don't like that yeah, one. No, me either. don't write that there's some things Do you shouldn't write. write. Yep. Don't write abuse apologism. Nope. <laughs> the last one's very pride and yeah. He was the one person I hated more than anything, and now I was stuck on an elevator with him. There you go. <laughs> Should we do our prompts now? Do you want to do more writing prompts? Uh, yeah, let's do ours. So, so I spoiled Eleanor's already, but she'll tell yeah. you now. Um, so mine was write the story of Pride and Prejudice from Wickham's perspective. Um, I think this is a really good exercise even for, like, your own writing. Like, try and figure out the villain's motive. Can you, like, rationalise it? Is there something more to it? Like, what what are their motives? Because I think as much as, like, when you're reading something like Pride and Prejudice, you're like, oh, Wickham's the worst and I hate him. You have to sort of understand that these are this is a person as well like all your characters have to be people and you they need to have motives and desires so yeah i think it's a good exercise yeah it's challenging they can't just exist to be evil yeah which i feel like some i guess especially kind of like fantasy or fairy tales like that like very black and white stories will be very much like the villains just evil which is fine in those genres, but in general, you do need to think a bit more in a nuanced way about why yeah. they do what they do. Exactly. Um, my prompt is far sillier than Eleanor's. I was just going to go, because I was thinking about um, the one I recommended earlier where Lizzie accepts the proposal, the first proposal, and then I was thinking, what if um, Charlotte didn't marry Mr. Collins? And then I was thinking, what kind of adventures would she have with Mary Bennett when they travel the world together as, like, spinsters? <laughs> I don't know why. That was a giant leap yeah, <laughs> from it was. Her not marrying Mr. Collins yeah. to going I on, like, she's a giant lesbian adventure with Mary. I never said they were gay, but they, they can be gay. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that they're, um, you know neglected women in the story and that they can go travel the world together and have fun what would they do on their adventures you'd have to do a lot of historical research about like i mean what countries could they even get to what things would they do there i don't know Mm. it would be interesting world adventures like they would just stand on a lot of hills and be like ah what a man to rocks and mountains (laughs) mountains. probably but there you go think about that or do Eleanor's one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But that's it. Um, hopefully any of the things we said were helpful. I mean, I'm sure there's other people giving good writing advice out there. We'll probably retweet some on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, but in general, you know, read and write and you'll just keep getting better. Even if you you don't feel like you're good to begin with, you will keep getting better and you should always keep writing. 
Exactly. That's the thing. Keep writing. And practice. Like, no one's really good at writing first the first time they try. That's, Definitely that's not. That's not going to happen. Everyone's embarrassed by what they were writing, like, five years ago. Or yeah. even three, or two. Yeah. Or yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you can always edit it. Like, just write. Exactly. And once you've written, you can make it better. And fan fiction counts as writing. Yes. Just 100%. And it's a really good exercise. Like, these are characters that already exist. You are creating new things around those characters. So it's a great way to get into writing. It's a good way of, like, leaping in with getting some actual practice writing a story without, like Eleanor was saying earlier, doing all the prep work of, like, yeah. planning and devising those characters. It's almost like a bit of a cheat sheet, I guess, to getting yeah. into writing. Do little drabbles. Do one-shots. Sure. Do that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at The Bennett Edit, um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bennett Edit, email us, The Bennett Edit, at gmail.com. Uh, and thank you for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye.